Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. All right, all right, all right, said Matthew McConaughey, and now I'm saying it as well. Good morning to you all, and thank you for listening to my show. This is your host, Teresa E. Keyes. I'm coming to you from sunny and not so warm right now, Arizona. The reason I'm saying that is because for all of us who have either lived in Arizona for a while or who are native here, know that... um Know that, um, uh, you know, the, the temperatures, you know, in the state can fluctuate. It gets very hot. Um, it gets very hot in the mornings sometimes. And then in the evenings, it gets cool. But as we come upon our winter, our winter, um, it, it dips down to the seventies and sixties. Now you guys may laugh at us about that. You may laugh and say, Oh, um, my my gosh, I you know what are you complaining about? You know we're we're freezing here in the Midwest and and um, things like that. But when it gets to be sixties to seventies here, um, I will tell you that we turn the uh, the heat on in our homes. Our car seats are on, and we have on our coats and scarves. You know the and uh, but I you know having been raised in the Midwest, you know I do understand that the plight that's that the people are are going on there, especially in um. Some parts that I think in New York, uh, it was reported uh, 50 inches of snow. That's that's really that's really bad. Okay, I want to tell you, should you have any questions or comments during the show, give me a call at one eight 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 go for it. That's one eight 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 go for it. Or simply or simply put it. It is 1-888-463-6748. That's 1-888-463-6748. You can also email me at talkzone.com webpage or email me directly from your devices at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. And by the way, Teresa is T-H-E-R-E-S-A. You can also call me at 480-283. 7270. All right. Our topic today is negotiating is a wonderful thing. That's right. Negotiation is a wonderful thing. Some of you may disagree with the statement. However, in the mediation process, for me, it is a wonderful thing as it is one of the catalysts for putting the cherry on the top to a mediation process. It means that I have gotten through all of the other prerequisites and or requirements for the mediation process. And I'm going to say for me and my colleagues in the business of mediation, this means it is a definite sign of heading toward a victory, a win-win for our clients. It means that we have accomplished something. It's unfolding as we have done what we set out to do initially, and that is to get our participants, our disputants, to come to a resolution. Now, some of you out there might say, well, I don't see where negotiation is so useful or negotiation is not used in my life very often, Teresa, if at all. So what's the big deal about negotiation? Well, I'm saying, really, do you have children? 
let's just say, do you have a spouse or an employee or an employer or do you manage employees? Um, I bet you do. You're you're probably better at negotiations than you think. You just don't know how much you apply it in your everyday life. Well, for all of those who might be having uh, thoughts about what I just said, let me bring a few examples of how negotiation is used constantly in your everyday life. Okay. First, let's start out with what the word negotiation means. Well, according to businessdictionary.com, the definition of negotiation is bargaining, give and take process between two or more parties, each with its own aims, needs and viewpoints seeking to discover a common ground. Keep in mind about that is a common ground and reach an agreement to settle a matter of mutual concern or resolve a conflict. Now that is one of the best definitions that I have seen in a dictionary, something that is directly related to mediation. I am now going to give you some examples of how you use negotiations in your everyday lives. Okay. Thanksgiving is next Thursday. I know that everyone is jumping up and down for joy for that. And many of you will be traveling to be with your families, your loved ones during this joyous celebration, or you just may be staying at home with your families. Okay. Preparation for this day takes planning, even if you're staying home with your family. Because if, if you're like me and wanting to make sure everyone is happy and content as possible, particularly for the food preparation, what are we going to have? Last year we had this. This time we should have that. Whose house are we going to? You're coming over here, going over there. For me, the women in my immediate family take care of all of this. And I have a small family, so that consists of me and my daughter-in-law. And we get... um uh, we start on this like the month before. So in the October, we started discussions on this. So one of the first things we decide on is whose house is hosting the family, friends and gathering. So this year it's going to be at my house. Then we lay out what dishes we would like to have. I may be better um, preparing a dinner than she and vice versa, for example. Then we talk about then we talk about, you know, uh, well, well. Okay, do if you prepare the the three apple pies, mom, and three different salads, then I will prepare the vegetables and I'll make the bread and things. And then we may agree to disagree because maybe one of us may be better preparing, be better to prepare the apple pie or the salads or one or the other. Okay, this continues until we are both satisfied with the outcome and everything is covered. So, what is that? I ask you. It's negotiating. Okay, another example is purchasing a new car. I just love this one. All right, that, as you know, can be a long and stressful time, can it not? First of all, you go to the car dealer, okay, and you know what your the type of car you want and your budget and everything is laid out, hopefully. All right, then you are grabbed by an excited salesperson if you don't know one already where you are going, you're going to grab you soon as you walk to that walk to the door. As soon as you get out of your car, there they are. You tell him or her about the car you want, the color, the bells, the whistles, 
the stage person knows, I'm sorry, the salesperson knows exactly what you want. And guess what? There's one in stock. And now you're off to the races. <laughs> you're looking at the car and ooing and awing as you are now taking the car for a spin. And um, you're just thinking in your mind, yes, I love this. I I love this. The salesperson is talking to you about all of the things that the car can do. And you're all excited. The adrenaline is pumping. Your heart is going. You're smiling and yet you're nervous, kind of like a first <laughs> first date. Okay, now you are sitting in the car and just a new car smell alone, I will tell you, is entrapment for me. It's like, oh, it's a new car. It smells so good. And because of this, it's like, yeah, I want that. Now, you know, they they build all of this into us prospective car purchasers. Okay, the initial test drive is over. Now you are in the salesperson office. He asks the usual Can I get you something? You say yes. And then they're off to the races. Now I have a question for you out there. You know, you know, when you've been involved in this process, what takes them so long to come back with what it is that you said that you wanted, whether it's water or tea or coffee? It's just a question. All right. They're back now and the fun starts. The longest pieces of paper in the history of man comes up out of this guy's desk or file cabinet. Okay, you start drawing up the drawing up the contract. During this process, you are now starting to negotiate the purchase of the car. Let's just throw a number out there. The car may be thirty two thousand, but you've you're savvy and you've been comparative shopping and you say no, um and you're budget wise and you say no I'm it's not 32. I've been compared to shopping. My budget is wise and I'm budget wise shopper and so forth and so on. And so it's going to be 25,000. So he goes back. He haggles. Oh, let me go and talk to my boss. And he comes back and everything, making the process even longer. All right. Then he comes back and he says to you, okay, we can do this for, for, for the asking price that you're saying 25,000. Okay. Now the next question comes up. Are you going to lease it? Are you going to purchase it? And if so long, so for how long? Where do you want your payments to be? You know, they have to be affordable for you. Then you have to contact your insurance company and all this. So after all of the handshaking and everything is over, whew, now you have completed negotiations and you have a new car. Okay. Now I was reading an article titled different approaches to negotiations. This article was purchased, I'm sorry, published in April of 2011, and I find it apropos to today's techniques and and knowledge power that I use during the negotiation portion of the mediation process. And I'm sure my colleagues out there listening to me infuse, infuse these bargaining positions as well. Okay, listen, because there is not a mediation that is the same, although I will say that They may be in some resemblances in some form or fashion of a mediation that, you know, you oversaw in the past. However, they are never, ever, ever the same. Having said that, varying techniques and knowledge regarding negotiations, as I mentioned previously, are used in order so that I can guide my my clients to a win-win situation. Okay, now, 
This is a very interesting article, but I need to take a break and then we're going to discuss what um um the the author whose name is Andrea Campbell, we're going to discuss what she said about the different approaches to negotiation. We'll be right back. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Okay, welcome back to my show, Put It All on the Table. And listen, if you have any questions, please feel free to give me a call, 1-888-463-6748. Now, before our break, I was telling you about an article that was written by Andrea Campbell, and the title of the article is Different Approaches to ne- uh, to Negotiation. I also had said that every uh, mediation is not the same, that they're, that they all vary. They may have little bits of uh, resemblance, but they're never, never, never the same. She states in part in her article, for a resolution of conflict, there are two different approaches to, neg- to negotiation, cooperation or competitive. Cooperation by, by this guy by the name of Brad Spangler, who was also uh, part of her, what she wrote in her article. He says that positioning bargaining is important for the conflict, uh, res- uh, for the, for uh, resolving conflicts. He says that a cooperative approach aligns with the process of internet based, interest based or integrative bargaining which lead parties to seek a win-win situation. Now, win-win situation is a, is a little um, uh, uh, blurb that has been used for many, many years. And um, so we carry it on into our mediation process because we want both sides to come out feeling that they are a winner. The other is competitive. Competitive approaches line up with the process for distributive bargaining which can result in win-lose outcomes. A competitive approach to conflict tends to increase animosity and distrust between parties and is generally considered destructive. And I totally agree with her on this, and I'm going to tell you why. Because competitiveness, although there's such thing as healthy competitiveness and and, and, um, uh, you know, competitiveness to move things forward. In the mediation process, you don't want to be, uh, particularly in the negotiation, um, aspect of it. You don't want to be, com- you know, competitive in the negotiation because then it can turn really, really sour. For example, in some negotiations, some parties are concerned that the other party is going to acquire more than they will get. You know, it kind of resembles a childlike state when competitiveness enters the negotiation portion of mediation. For all of us who have children and perhaps can attest to this scenario, it's snack time. All right. Mom, dad, can we have a snack? Sure. So mom and dad is distributing the snacks. You know, Kathy wants this. Michael wants that. As they're eating the snacks, you're noticing a little bit difference in their behavior and they're frowning and they start maybe maybe having words back and forth. You you ask, okay, kids, what is the matter? Well, Kathy has more more than me. 
Okay, so then you have to start. Well, no, Kathy does not have more than you. Well, she has chocolate chip cookies and a tall glass of milk, and you gave me butter butternut cookies, and I don't have as much milk. So you you start negotiating. Okay, I'm going to pour more milk in there, and I, you she has six cookies, you have six cookies. So there. Okay, it may have seemed silly, but the point that I'm making is this: just as I said earlier. No mediations are the same. Therefore, the same tactics and or positions taken in the negotiation portion varies. Andrea Campbell also states that the best way to deal is to incorporate both both cooperation and competition into the mediation process. Know that what is possible, but still seek to advance individual interests. The balance between these two is known as the negotiator's dilemma. Another great article that was written in Forbes magazine by Michael Blanding. And now he says that negotiation is an art, not a science. Okay, um, listeners, exactly what does that mean? It's an art, not a science. Call me and I would like to hear your take on this. one 888 the article says a number of items such as preparing for uncertainty, uncertainty. Preparation is un- essential, he says. You want to learn as much as you reasonably can before getting to the bargaining table. That is so important. This is something that I discussed in my initial show, which was called The Future is Now um, Mediate, Don't Litigate. You need to know as much as you can about the whole aspects of both of your clients. And then this way, when we get to the bargaining table, you know, even more and, and it'll come to a bet, a better um, amicable resolution. For me, I say this means, as I said before, to study your case, you've got to study it, have some presentable thoughts that you can put on the table as a guide point for your clients, suggestive ideas, that, as I said before, may help solidify and can help solidify a resolution. Another good point this article brings is something that Harvard Business School professor Michael Wheeler said, which is throw away the script to examine how master negotiators really get what they want. There are a lot of master negotiators out there. And if and if you have have ever um, been taught by some or you've gone and been lectured by some, you will find that there is no script, one script that you can use as a boilerplate. Let's say, for example, even a boilerplate in your negotiation process in the mediation process. Now, this is piggybacking on the point I made previously Negotiation formulas cannot be written out and thinking this is what is going to be used on all my clients. Some mediators go, okay, well, I, I have a, I have, this is what I'm going to do for negotiation. I did this on the last client and I'm going to do it on this. That's, that's not good. I'm certain that all of my peers out there know that you can go and take courses in negotiation from the best educational institutions. No doubt, no doubt about it. You can do that. The learning process starts when you actually need to engage all that you have learned into the actual event of negotiation. For me, I not only use what I learned in books and lectures about negotiation, 
but taking some life experiences, some review of what was done in another negotiation experience. What I'm saying is that negotiation is a combination of many things to get the end result, which is an amicable win-win resolution. Now, it's like a mathematical subtraction problem. You may think this is silly, but I'm going to say it. You may have to borrow from the next column in order to achieve the correct mathematical result, you know? So, okay, maybe this isn't the best analogy. Maybe you have a better one. Okay, give me a call, one 888 Now, moving on, you know, I, you know, I do not know of a bigger and knowledgeable sports enthusiast than my oldest son. His name is Paris. He's a tall, handsome man with a beautiful wife and two cute kids. He recently left the Air Force this past January after serving our nation for over 20 years. He was a master sergeant, a real smart guy, hands on. And uh, that is my unbiased opinion. And some of you may say, what do you mean he left the Air Force? Did he did he just say adios to his generals? No, 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 no. Let me just let me just say this before I continue on. What I mean is I do not like to use the word retire. Okay, for particular reasons. And this and this is one. The word retire means leave one's job and cease to work or no longer useful. I'm not. He is still a young man and he is not ceasing to work. He is exceptionally useful and he left to go on to another leg of his life journey. Okay, so now we got that straight. All right. Anyway, he and I were recently talking about the mediation in sports. And he says it seems like mediation is becoming the thing to do in the sports arena. Of course, I agreed. It's more and more, you know, of it being used to resolve issues. It's faster, he said. And I asked him why he says it's faster. And the players who are in dispute can get resolution and negotiation quicker. And the powers to be get their women and men back out on the field as their star football players, soccer players, or basketball players. Well, why is mediation so outstanding, particularly in this arena? Really? Come on now, you all know why. For all of you sports fans out there, coaches and others who are involved in sports, especially when involving your best players who are the main attractors for the fans to pay those premium ticket prices for getting them back on their job, you're right, mediate this issue, don't litigate this issue. For all of you out there, just know that I am a big researcher and I was reading this this article in Sports Resolutions, and it says mediation has helped to successfully resolve a wide range of sporting disputes, including disputes concerning payments arising for termination of coaching contracts, relationship disputes between athletes and coaches, which are undermining sporting successes, okay, Disputes concerning payments due following termination of commercial agreements and disputes between sporting organizations over their rights and entitlements to govern aspects of their sports. Now, can we say Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Peyton Manning, Usain Bolt, Tiger Woods, our son, and if you're listening, I'm sure you're impressed that I can rattle all sports figures names. Anyway, 
Can you imagine if these guys are involved in the dispute and the owners need to, need to get resolution and negotiation done best but quickly? Mediation and great negotiation is the answer. For me, disputes on all levels can be mediated. And as I said, I am one of the biggest reasons Um, As I said, one of the biggest reasons, I'm sorry, one of the biggest reasons for its successes is pertaining to the manner of how negotiations are abound in this great and beneficial process of mediation. Ah, So on the last item about sports, I'm done with that. I am nowhere on the level of my oldest son who is when it comes to knowing about sports, their players, for example, I have to totally rely on him. If you have any comments or questions or anything that I have said thus far, I welcome your call on 1-888-463-6748 or 1-888-GO for it. Okay. I want to discuss something with you. Yesterday, um, I had two cases, uh, for mediation. Um, in fact, they were involving landlord tenant. And I will share with you that when I have landlord tenant cases, I find that especially there is definitely commotion in the emotion in the mediation process. Now, remember, I talked about this last week with my guest, Mark Morgan. It was a great show titled Taking the Commotion Out of the Emotion in Mediation. And for all of those of you who did not intend, um, 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 listen to it, then please feel free to go to TalkZone.com. Um, look to the right legal channel. Put it all on the uh, table through mediation. My shows are all archived there. And uh, you can take a listen to it. It's very, very interesting. Okay. We are going to take a, a break right now. I will be back. But then I will tell you more about what went on in the landlord-tenant mediations I experienced yesterday. Thank you. listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning. Before we took our break, um, I was talking about uh, two cases that I had um, yesterday involving landlord-tenant. And um, I was sharing with you that there was definitely a lot of commotion and emotion in that mediation process. Um, there are so many items that can come up that are pertinent to the resolution process. However, there are so many items that can come up that have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the mediation process. And by the way, some of this is intentional with the disputants and some of it is not. That's a whole nother show, listeners. That's a whole nother show. Now, for me, I call it noise. It's just things that are thrown into the mediation process known as commotion that can stir up emotions. And since we are talking about the negotiation process within the mediation process, it can derail it for sure. So what do you do when this occurs as you do not want it to diminish the negotiation process of, you know, of coming to an amicable resolution with your clients? That and you've already started. You have gotten uh, your feet into this. You know you've dwelled into this. You've 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 gotten over some issues. 
give me a call at 1-888-463-6748. And I'd like to hear uh, what it is that you do, um, my peers out there, when you have this situation. Okay, I learned this saying from a dear friend of mine. Her name was Eleanor Morris. She has passed on. And she has said, when you see crazy coming, cross the street. First and foremost, I chuckled because I had never heard that before. Some of you may have, but I've never heard that before. Okay. In other words, she said, when you see something is going to happen that is not of a positive nature involving you, use your experience, your education, for example, to stop it from happening. I think this is very apropos to the mediation process because for all of us out there, who have experience and we have foresight and we can see when something is on the, have the potential of being derailed, then we can use that when you see crazy coming across the street and call caucus or whatever facilitative measures you use to make sure that it, this mediation process does not go awry. Now, remember, I said that none of the mediations are the same. When this happens for me, particularly in the negotiation process, I immediately, immediately call caucus, which entails, you know, diplomatic shuffling, which means that I'm going to now have a separate and private talk with my uh, disputants. And we're going to talk about a lot of things, a lot of things so that we could clear the air. And particularly if they are emotional, because the mediation process can be very emotional. And I think I told you in my in my initial show that um, I keep a lot of things in my mediation. I set it up. I have um, uh, maybe uh, where the especially at, at the break uh, area, some uh, water um, maybe some tea and coffee, little snacks and things like that. But I always keep tissues and everything right there um, on my table because people do get emotional. And uh, when I have them in mediation, um, of course, I do my best to, to calm them down. And, and they do. I haven't had anyone to not calm down. And, um, and so that we can proceed on now. In relation to the landlord tenants that I was talking about earlier, I will share with you that a lot of this occurs because individuals are never given the chance to express their needs for what's wrong with their apartment or they did not know how to express their needs to their management for what's wrong in their apartment and how to get it fixed. Now, in the cases that I had yesterday, in both cases, the disputants, said who were the tenants said that they did complain about certain things that was going on in their apartments, like water leaking from the ceiling, um, air conditioners not working. My cat got so sick from being so hot. I had to uh, move out for a while and go to a motel. I mean, there, there, there's so many things that they get very emotional about it. And in some, and then in some instances, the management, is not listening to what the tenants have to say. They do not give them the proper form so that they can be heard and or the proper documents that they need to fill out um, um, so that they can alleviate their issues. Okay. Now, other than the landlord and tenant mediation, 
the negotiation process can be prolonged for various reasons. All right. Now you might say, what would cause this? Like the need for the disputants to have additional time to acquire more information or data that's needed in order to reach an amicable solution in the mediation process. Now, regarding the landlord tenant, that has never happened to me. Now, it may have, have happened to some of my peers out there where they needed to continue a landlord tenant uh, dispute. But um, for the most part, for me, this is something that can be um, dealt with in mediation because, um, you know, I, I, you know, I want everyone to come to an amicable resolution, but you know, that doesn't happen. And, you know, and it doesn't happen sometimes, but that's okay. You put your best foot forward. Now I mediate, um, in the justice courts as well here in, in Arizona, besides having my own practice. And I will tell you that more often than not, when a landlord tenant case comes to mediation, that means that the JP, also known as the Justice of the Peace, has said that this case can be solved in mediation. Now, as I told you uh, before, that the court systems, not only here in Arizona, but that's everywhere, their court logs are, are just clogged with a lot of frivolous lawsuits. And a lot of it has to deal with landlord-tenant and a little bit of fitness benders. So if the justice of the peace can, can move some of these off to mediation and get them resolved, then that's, that's a good thing. Now, so, but I must say that going back now to these cases that I hear in the justice courts, a lot of them do not get settled. And it's unfortunate because then at that point in juncture, if it does not get settled in mediation, then it's going to have to go, between, you know, before hearing or trial. All right. So therefore, now it's, it's gone back onto the 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 uh, log of the courts. All right. A lot of this is because there are relating issues to it. Emotions is one that can get in the way, which will result in the litigant saying, I, you know, I want to see a judge. They declare that they just cannot move on. And for all of us who are in the business know that if one person says they cannot move on, they rather uh, have this go before a, a judge or hearing officer, then we have to abide by their wishes. Okay. I have a question for you all out there. All right. I have mentioned several times in my shows, but not in depth, not yet anyway, <laughs> that all disagreements can be mediated. Are there any instances that you feel cannot be mediated that must go to litigation? If so, what are they and why? Give me a call on TalkZone.com, 1-888-463-6748. That's 1-888-463-6748. Now, I want to say I've, I've done um, a, a bit of talking about negotiation and I want to say that negotiation requires skills, techniques, tactics, and time. Successful negotiations cannot be rushed. You cannot rush into the mediation process. You cannot rush through any of the portions of the mediation process. And since we are talking about negotiation is a wonderful thing, then the reason that it makes it a wonderful thing is because you do not 
rush through this process. I will share that negotiation is one area of the mediation process where the disputants or the litigants learn a lot about why they are having this dispute and what needs to be resolved in it. What is it, what part that they both played in for, for now having to be before a mediator to resolve their differences. So for me, I am always employing thinking succinctly and keep it in mind that my clients, my disputants who contacted me because they need assistance for reaching an amicable resolution for whatever the reason or reasons they are facing, then I'm going to make sure that I take time in my mediation process to make sure that we go through the negotiations, um, you know, particularly going to slow it down even slower so that everyone has a clear understanding because this is when we're going to start writing, uh, writing out notes and, and other important uh, features that were said in the mediation process so that we can collaborate a um, amicable resolution to so start writing a, a resolution. Okay. We are coming up upon time for break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking. Thank you very much for listening. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you. Thank you for returning. I think that um, there, is a, there is a good topic, um, which, you know, of, of the show, which is um, negotiation is a wonderful thing because it is. And we need to be aware of that, that in every aspect of our life, we are negotiating on some level for something. Okay. Before we went on break, we were talking about the skills, the techniques, the tactics and the time that's um, within the negotiation process. And the thing is, is that, as I said, nothing can be rushed. That's where the time comes in. The skills and the techniques and the tactics are the areas of what uh, we as professional mediators, um, such as myself, must use in order to um, have a good negotiation session and when we have a good negotiation session, then therefore arising out of that is a great um, resolution um, resolution that can be written for uh, disputes that are involved. Now, in my initial show, I stated that I love the continuum of education and keeping abreast of learning new things present and future is a must for me. Now, my education and my experience background is faceted like many of you out there. And the part I am now talking about is technology. I have a master's degree in technology management from the University of Phoenix, and I'm fascinated by the infusion of technology in our lives. Well, some of it I'm not, but that is another show as well. When I am, what I am talking about now is the infusion of technology that allows us to mediate across the borders, mediate when individual cannot come into our office or other facilities where we mediate. I'm certain that you know about this, you know, as some of you may not like this idea and some of you may like this idea of not having your clients directly in front of you. Now, 
My question is to all my peers out there, for those of you who are using technology to mediate across the borders or for clients who are, are unable to come into your facilities, what do you think about infusing technology into the mix of mediation or do you engage in this part at all, particularly when it comes to caucus and the negotiation process with your clients? How do you handle that? What software or hardware packages do you use or are thinking about using? Give me a call at one 463 6748 or email me at Teresa at I'd love to hear what you'd have to say about that. Now, something I want to say is that in the very near future, I'm going to invite my husband, Brian Keyes, on my program as a guest. He's very knowledgeable in the technology field. And again, this is my unbiased opinion. And he can shine some light on this subject and even offer some suggestions on the latest and the best ways for infusing this part in your mediation process, your mediation practice, which is technology. Okay. Now, I have done telephonic conferencing uh, with with clients, and I'm sure that that many of you have. Now, sometimes um, before I got my own um, conferencing center, and now that there's so many out there, including Skype, that you can that we can use. Um, how do you find the telephone conferencing, particularly when it comes time for you to have a caucus with? The individual, let's say that the individual or individual is there in your office and another individual is um, at home sick or in another country or whatever. What What is it that you do to make sure that the individual, when it comes time to caucus, and the individual uh, does not hear what it is you're saying and they're saying and vice versa? Does your phone system that you're using, is it equipped to do that or you're not sure about it? This is what I'm saying. In the future, I'm going to have um, a show for that probably in in January after we're all thawed out a little bit and done with the festivities of the holidays that are coming. Okay, I would just like to um, recap a bit about what we talked about this morning, that negotiation is very, very important in the mediation process. It is a wonderful thing. As I said before, it is where in this in the negotiation process that I find that even for myself included, but particularly with the disputants involved in the disagreement, that this is where they learn a lot about themselves, the other parties that that are involved. And then they also learn that, okay, you may have brought this mediation to the table, but you also had. Something, whether it's a small level or or larger level, to do something with the reason things got out of got out of tact. Um, we 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 also talked about that um, with us being multifaceted, that we can incorporate a lot of our experiences into being professional mediators um, by having business backgrounds, um, by having uh, by being a lawyer. Um, by being a teacher, a lot of these things we can incorporate so that we can 
um, infuse them in the mediation process so that, excuse me, so that we can come to an amicable resolution for our clients. Because as I said, for me, that's what it's about. It's, you know, rocking and rolling and getting in there, listening, um, learning, opening, writing, scripting, talking, breaking, all of these things so that we can come to an amicable resolution. We talked about um, Andrea Campbell and her definition for negotiation, which is in part between two or more parties, each with its own aims, needs, and viewpoints, seeking to discover a common ground. And that is something that we definitely want to seek in the mediation process is a common ground for our disputants. Now, I also like the idea of giving you a couple of examples of how you do negotiate constantly in your life. And I feel that as being an educator, that it's important that you know that you are a walking, uh, a walking negotiator. You're negotiating all the time. And once we realize what we have, then we can better put forth, shine it up, educate ourselves more about it and use it. Um, for, you know, for to acquire an optimum result. Now, we also talked about different approaches uh, to negotiation that was also uh, written by Andrea Campbell. She talked about the cooperative. Um, she talked about the competitiveness. And I talked about the dangers of having competition, um, so much competition in the negotiation process because it can definitely derail getting to a resolution. We also talked about the negotiation processes that are being um, in the mediation process for our sports. Um, we're now using the mediation processes in our government, which is very interesting. I wish it was around and maybe we wouldn't have had World War One, Two, Three, and Vietnam wars. Um, um, we also talked about... Um, the, you know, the, the varying things in the sports arena that, um, the mediation process, um, is, is, is being able to handle versus the litigation process. And from this, as I said, the individuals that are in sports and, um, the other people that are on the table, the owners, I feel that it is more of a learning process of how they can better manage the they're they're uh, it they're the people and that how the people that work for them the sports uh the basketball players the 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 hockey players or whatever sport it may be how they can better collaborate uh with with the management so this is this is what i'm saying is some of the beauty of the mediation process okay i you know i have just a few moments left and i want to say to all of you that i've totally enjoyed my first three shows here on TalkZone.com, and I'm so looking forward to having people call in to be more interactive um, with the conversations that's going on. Um, and I want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. I will not be airing next Thursday because it is Thanksgiving and we do need to take a break. And it is very uh, important that we share time and be with our family. And I would like to say that um, I would like to say that um, as you are traveling or staying at home, no matter what you do, please be safe. Embrace the moment. 
so that you can have these great memories as you are moving on in your life. Thank you for listening to Teresa E. Keys. Put it all on the table through mediation. I will be back with you on December 4th at 8 a.m. Take care. Thank you.